Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, you may be seated. Praise God. It's, it's amazing the things that happen over time. Time itself is a process. And it's the one thing you can never get back. But there's a whole lot of it you can remember and learn from. And um, Gloria began preaching about living long and strong. And then we were listening to Kenneth, uh, to uh, Keith Moore about longevity. It's necessary to understand the structure of the Bible and know what first words mean. The first time the word glory was used in the Bible, it was referring to the wealth of a man. So it includes that the rest of it. But people that don't know that or don't care and don't understand it. Now, Genesis 6, 3, that's just right at the front. (laughs) The days of man shall be 120 years. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'm not going to put up with man living so long after this. It it was not but that long before the flood. The great flood. But since God said that, then All of the food laws in the book of Leviticus are based on 120. Now, isn't it amazing that medical science has decided that the human body should live 120 years if you could get rid of the sickness and the disease? But now here's the way you get rid of it. I, uh, we live out in the country, out there on Eagle Mountain Lake. So our driveway is not just a little out of the garage and back. Well, I'd been studying in the book of Exodus and people read that 23rd verse a little offhanded. You have to back up to the 20th verse that talks about the angel. Then Moses begins to quote God. I will take sickness and disease from the midst of you and he will bless your bread and water. The angel will bless your bread and water and the length of your days I will fulfill. And then he, but then he also said there'll be no miscarriages among your people. Well, I've been studying that and really 
working with it. <laughs> and my driveway, you, we have come out of the garage and around, and around the first part of it and through the gate and then through another gate to get out to the highway. I was between the first and the second gates and I stopped my car and I shouted, he has taken sickness from the midst of me and I'll never be sick again hereafter forever in the name of Jesus whose I am and whom I serve. Amen. Glory to God. Well, that started the process. Amen. And uh, I've had some symptoms. I guess, David, I guess it was the 2019 Minister's Conference. Yeah. I was on the front row. And uh, it was morning service, so it wasn't Jerry Seville. It might have been Dennis Burke. And yeah, it was, it was the first day. January, you know, it just comes up here in a few days. And here came all the symptoms. I started chilling and smiling. <laughs> started hurting behind my eyes. And I just smiled and I said, you can't put that on me. <laughs> you know you can't put that on me. In the name of Jesus, ha, 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 ha. And about 10, 12 minutes, it was gone. But that minister's conference is when a bunch of people got sick with the flu. Now, when is the, I'm talking about the United States now, when is the flu season? Huh? What? Okay. Think about it. It begins to increase and then it hits with a vengeance in November. And December and January. The sugar months. Sugar is an immune system destroyer. Well, who said you had to pick out just. So is too much sodium. Amen. Come on now. You remember the commercial? I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> Well, he could have said, I can't believe I got the flu again. Right. <laughs> but they're just things that you have to learn and tell your flesh what to do. Say, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Uh-uh. So the renewing of the mind is essential. When I looked up... <laughs> You know, people, they think I'm strange anyway, but 
And when, when I found glutton and drunkard in the same verses, then I realized that I did have a, a, a food addiction. I was addicted to it. And because I was addicted to it, I stayed hungry all the time. I wanted it all the time. Well, and I had flu all the same times. <laughs> like everybody else. But I had to learn. So I began to renew my mind. And then people would say, somebody would offer me a, you know, a piece of cake or a cake, not much, but pie. Oh, look out. Particularly coconut cream. They don't I'll say, no, thank you. I don't drink. Well, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I don't care what they think. I'm not addicted to food anymore. Now, I mentioned this to, uh, to pastor a while ago. When I get to heaven, my hamstrings won't be sore anymore. Now, shoulders work out hard, my arms, they get sore, but it goes away. But climbing that hill on that treadmill day after day after day, I can feel it right now. And every time I get up next to John, he tries to grab me right in the glutes. Boy, just quit it now. Because he works out hard and he knows exactly what. So. Don't be writing me letters. <laughs> when you get up in the morning, you say, oh, That's the weakness leaving. Amen. Those old muscles are saying, what did I do wrong? <laughs> well, your spiritual muscles need that to kind of work out too. And now you understand, I tell you these things as a matter of experience because I had to go through it. And uh, <laughs> so everybody started having to be tested. Oh, you got to be tested. We got to test you. Oh, we got to test you. Well, okay, let's test. And so they tested glory in me. So for our children to come see us twice, negative both times. Well, then the whole team left for Nigeria. Well, you know what happened. We all were tested before we left. And then we tested when we came home, all negative. Then we went to Bogota, Colombia. We were, we were the first ones even allowed to have any kind of gathering in Colombia. And we have staff there. 
And as far as I know, they didn't get sick either. All five of them. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. We were tested before we went and tested when we came back. Negative five times. Amen. Because we know the word, take care of ourselves. Because this is what I'm called to do. Sickness has been taken from the midst of me. And the length of my days, he is in the process of fulfilling. Now, December the 6th, 2056, that's it. I'm not staying another second. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can have this thing. But I will be, and I won't be sitting in a chair. And I'll tell you the truth. That's what all this leg soreness is about. I'm not going out of here sitting in a chair. I'm going to be standing up preaching the word. That, that's what it's all about. It's not so I can stand up here and tell you about it. But then on the other hand, I will tell you about it. Because that's my job. So it is there for the doing. We won't, I won't ask you to turn there, but you can later. Deuteronomy 27, 28, 29, and 30. Don't start with chapter 28. Start with 27 where it starts. Don't jump in in the middle. Two million people knew they had a covenant but had no idea what it was about. So there's two mountains in Israel, Ebal and Gerizim. Gerizim and Shechem, and Shechem Valley is right between the two. Half of the tribes on Ebal and half of the tribes on Gerizim. Oh, there it is right there. Mount Gerizim is the blessing mountain. The tribe of Judah was on Gerizim. The tribe of Benjamin was on Gerizim. The blessing mountain. Mount Ebal, now look at the difference. Well, it's, you don't see it as well in that picture. But Ebal is alkali. It won't grow anything. But Gerizim, particularly around on the other side of it, is lush and green and all kinds of vegetation and trees. The Blessing Mountain looks good and the other one doesn't. And it was shout across the valley. Well, you take a million people on each side, they can make a lot of noise. They would shout the curse and the blessing. Then in the book of Joshua, it came to pass. The king of Ai was hung. 
on a tree and run through with a spike. He was cursed. And that was a type of Jesus. That whole thing was a picture of Jesus. Because in Galatians it says, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. So that means we're redeemed from the flu, every sickness, every disease of any kind. So we have to learn to claim that. Amen. You still here? <laughs> uh, what do you think? Huh? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. For he is Lord, he is Lord, he has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He has risen from the dead, he's risen from the dead, and he's Lord. Oh, he's risen from the dead, he's risen, thank God he's Lord. Oh, he's risen from the dead, he's risen from the dead, and he's Lord. From the dead, thank God he's Lord. Aren't you glad? Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. That's the reason. That's the reason we can live in divine health. If we do our part, he's already done his part. Healing is not a reward. Had people ask me, they said, you mean to tell me that Oral Roberts had to have his shoulders operated on after all that healing power going through there? Well, you go lay your hands on two million people and find out what happens to your shoulders. Yeah, these are hearing aids. You wear seeing aids.
you go spend 60 years in airplane cockpits and with rifle fire and all of that, I remember the day they rang and didn't quit. The first time I ever wore them. Now, David has my Bible bag right there and my phone is, is in that Bible bag. I was preaching on the Navajo Indian Reservation and I was having a good time anyway and my phone rang in my ears. <laughs> it's just going, man. <laughs> I thought that's a, new, that's, a, that's a new meaning for ringing in the ears, but I, I and now I have to put it on airport mode so that the phone doesn't ring, somebody doesn't call me while I'm preaching. <laughs> Yes, but he's Lord. He's risen from the dead. So beautiful. 
are so beautiful to me. I don't like to ever close a meeting without singing Gloria's song. And uh, that song, You Are So Beautiful, it was written about inner beauty. And Gloria's beauty. First day I ever laid eyes on her, her dad told me she's the best looking girl in the state of Arkansas. And he said, how are you going to the airport in the morning? And I said, I don't know, a cab, I guess. No, I'm going to come pick you up and won't prove it to you. And I saw her. And I fell in love with her that day. And to me, she's not the best looking girl in the state of Arkansas. She's the best looking thing in the world. And her beauty and her inner beauty softened me to that place where I just had to have Jesus in my life. And then when I accepted the Lord that night, then I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to tell her. Because she was raised in the Church of Christ, I was raised in the Baptist Church, so we just thought, well, just why bring it up? But now I'm going to have to bring it up. So I said, Gloria, um, come here, baby. She was at the, she was at the stove, just still fixing supper. What do uh, uh, um, uh, what what? What would you think about if I were to maybe give my testimony or talk for God? Later she said, she thought, what testimony? But she didn't. She said, hallelujah. I said, what? Two weeks before she had accepted the Lord, she didn't know how to tell me. So we just started right there. November the 2nd, 1962. <clears throat> I've had my share of life's ups and downs. so good the downs have been few I know it's because he has blessed me and I know it's because he gave me you If 
should ever write my life story for whatever reason there might be. You'll be there on every line of love and glory. Cause you're the best thing that ever happened to me. You're the best thing that ever happened. some more fun here. You want me to keep the iPad until you need it? Sir? You want me to keep the iPad until you need it? Yes. Oh, glory to God. Now we're talking about the fundamentals of faith. What is the next big sporting event in the United States? Huh? Everybody knows that. 
what are you watching when you watch the Super Bowls? Yeah. Masters of the fundamentals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they still have to work out and they still have to practice and they still have to get sore and get their heads beat in <laughs> over a bag of wind. <laughs> I played it. Liked it. I like to bang into people. <laughs> but high school is as far as I went. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. So the fundamentals of faith. Now, because of our time, I'll read through these. We started off, we began with Romans 3.27. By works, no, but by the law of faith. Laws are predictable. Once you know all of the elements of a certain spiritual law, then you can understand how to work it every time. When I first read Hebrews 11, I told Gloria, I mentioned it earlier, this is the hall of fame of faith. I mean, this is everybody that is anybody. But I did not know the laws. I said to her, if we could just figure out how to get this faith, we'd be there. Well, I finally came across Kenneth E. Hagin and found out how to, (laughs) I had to learn. Glory to God. So there are spiritual laws. There are laws of physics. Well, the laws of physics seem like they change every day. They don't. People discover more about them. And the more they discover, the more they find out how right the Bible was all the time anyway. All right. Faith is a spiritual force. It is not a mental force. The number one fundamental of faith is believe it in your heart, then say it with your mouth. Mark 11, 23, Romans 10, 10, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Luke 6, 43 to 45, Matthew 12, 35 to 37, Mark 5, 25 to 34, Matthew 12. <laughs> number two, faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. We'll see that in just a moment. Number three, Abraham's blessing cannot be received with Thomas's faith. And Jesus told him, Thomas, quit being faithless. Now, don't call him doubting Thomas. If you're going to call him something other than the Apostle Thomas, call him the twin. He was a twin. I wonder where his brother was. <laughs> we'll find out. And uh, my granddaughter is expecting twin girls in March. Hallelujah. 
Now my other granddaughter started an orphanage called Abba House in Greece. You know where? In Thessaloniki. So when Andrew was born, we had a little Thessalonian. <laughs> now that's fun. Her husband is a twin. We might, we might start doubling up here. <laughs> we are a prosperous family now, you understand? And there's not a faithless one in the bunch. Faith calls things that be not as though they were. That one really bothers people. But it, it really doesn't when you understand it because that's what God does. God appeared to Abram and said, I have made you the father of many nations. And he's 100 years old. But he had the authority to do it. That's right. Yes. Amen. So he'd already planned that. Well, now after we learn from the word, he planned that before the foundation of the world. Because his plan was to get the blessing black and he had to go through Jesus to get it. Hallelujah. So he said, what did he do? He called things that be not as though they were. I have made you the father of many nations. Now listen to me. That's good. He had the authority to do that. World War II, there was an, an outstanding aviator by the name of Scott, Robert Scott. He wrote the book, God is My Co-Pilot. And just an outstanding man to start with. Well, the war is getting really on into it. And a general said to him, Scotty, now he was a major. He said, Scotty, I need you to be a full colonel. And I thought maybe these eagles would be doing good. He jumped a grade. Why? He had the authority to make him a colonel. Yes. Come on. Amen. Amen. And God hasn't lost a bit of that authority. Amen. So, this is just as much a manifestation of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as if all three of them were standing here. Because this is their Word. Why is it called the Word of God? Because it's His bond. He's not a man that he should lie. It's impossible to him to, for him to lie. It was not impossible for Jesus to lie. He just refused to do it. That means we can refuse. And the Sunday school teacher asked a little boy one time, what is a lie? He said it's an abomination to God and an ever-present help in a time of need. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Faith demands corresponding action. So open your Bibles to Mark chapter 11, please. Pastor, I was thinking about when you were speaking earlier, Jesus said, Father, I have kept them in your name. We think about praying in the name of Jesus. But the book of Proverbs says, the name of God is a high tower and the righteous run into it. Think about this. He said, I have kept them in your name. They came back and said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. He said, well, that's wonderful. But be glad your name's in the book of life. Oh, yes. That's the book. Praise God. That's the book that this book is based on. The 11th chapter of Mark. When they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethany and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples. He saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, or, or there next to you. And as soon as you be entered, you will find a colt tied whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. If any man say unto you, Why do ye this? You say that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him there, here. They went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways meet, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said, What are you doing? They said unto them, Even as Jesus commanded, and they let him go. That's a word of knowledge in action. Otherwise, how did he know that colt was there? How did he know no one had ever ridden him? Right, right, come on. Come on, that's right. And may I ask you something? Have you ever tried to ride a never ridden burro? That's a heap of trouble. A little colt. Little green one. <laughs> but not with Jesus on him. Now we need to learn a lesson here. Yeah. What do you think the little colt thought? And he goes back to the stall and says to one of the others, You should have seen what happened to me today. <laughs> People would throwing leaves in front of me. Yeah, that's right. They were shouting, Hosanna to me. Oh, oh, oh. No, they weren't, little buddy. You just, you were just hauling him around. And that's who we are. We're hauling him around. <laughs> they're, not, they're not throwing those things at us. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> There's a big lesson to be learned there. They went their way and found the colt and so forth. They brought the colt to Jesus, cast their garments on him, and he sat on him. And that little fellow just stood there. The power and the love of God was there. Amen. Amen. Many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strode them in the way. And they that went before, they cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. He went into the temple. Do you suppose the man was at the beautiful gate? Well, sure he was. He was right there. And you don't think Jesus passed him by, do you? He would, every time he'd go through there, he'd say, Judas, in the bag. So when Peter and John came in there, he looked up expecting to receive from them. Of course he did. Jesus had them give him something every time he walked through there. But he didn't raise him up. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. But on the other hand, he did. Yes, sir. Because it happened in his name. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. And his name can do anything he can do. He said, All authority has been given unto me both in heaven and earth. Now you go in my name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. My dad, every time he'd walk, I don't care who you were, he'd walk up and say, I'm A.W. Copen, I'm a national old line insurance company. Just a big smile on his face all the time. Before that, he'd say, I'm A.W. Copeland. I'm a Drones Business College. He was with Drones for 16 years. He was with National O-Line 18 years. He did such an outstanding job there that the vice president of the company called him. This is big in the life insurance business. And they said, uh, A.W., we're going to go ahead and invest your renewals and we just go ahead and give you the other two years because we know how interested you are in Kenneth's ministry. Praise God. Well, from then on, he said, my name's A.W. Copeland. I'm with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. <laughs> 24 years. Praise God. And went home at 96. Praise Glory God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now watch this. We're into something here. He went into the temple, and when he looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. That 
is huge. He just had a scripture fulfilling experience. This whole thing had already been foretold about him. Amen. Now he's going into the temple and stayed there the rest of the day and didn't do anything. That's the wisdom of faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We know why. His father didn't say anything. Uh, yeah. And he didn't do anything. So he just went home and went to bed. That's good. That's all right. Amen. And slept on it. and thought about it and meditated on it and prayed about it to find out what to do in there the next day. Oh, I'm telling you, folks, this is a, this, this is a huge lesson for us to learn. Walk into a church situation sometime that just... <clears throat> I had to learn it like this. Jesus said more than once, but he said it particularly in the 10th chapter of the book of Mark. When you begin receiving financial prosperity a hundredfold with persecutions, it's coming. It's coming. Mm -hmm. Because to the devil, since Jesus is not here, yeah. the worst thing he can think of is a preacher with more than enough yeah. money to do what he's called to do. Right. Because he's been able to hold it back for uh, centuries yeah. thinking they're supposed to be poor. Come on, sir. When that's unscriptural. He wasn't poor. That's right. And I heard people say he was born to parents that were obviously poor. No, they were not. That's right. Yeah. We have information on them. I learned most of what I know about that from Rick Renner. Mary went to a girl's school in Jerusalem. And Joseph was a wealthy man. So he came from a wealthy family to start with. Do you have any earthly idea that the God of the universe is going to put his child in the hands of some poor people Amen. that don't know how to live? And then on top of that, he loaded him up That's right. with the Magi. Yes. We three kings of Orient are. That's a big That's mistake. Right. <laughs> it talks about three gifts. Yes. 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 Three kings. That's right. Yep. Amen. Yes. So good. And they never were at, the, at Bethlehem. No. They went to Jerusalem first and then to Nazareth. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. 
they presented, the, the scripture said they presented him their treasures. Yes. They made a presentation of treasures and mentioned three very important yep. ones. Why? To finance this ministry. There was a big city four miles from Nazareth that was the banking center of that whole That's area. Right. Yes. So that financed them while they were in Egypt. God took care of him financially. He never was poor. Nope. Judas was his treasurer. That's right. Poor people don't need treasurers. And there was so much there, he was stealing it, and nobody but Jesus knew it. Peter had killed him. That's real. He'd have just throttled him, man. But, you know, who do you think you are? All of these things are extremely important to the teaching of faith. Each, each word of it. Now, David, I need my iPad with you, please. Isn't that strange? Would you open your iPad? <laughs> On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off, underline that if you have not already. Seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not, you notice, yet is in italics. Yes. Seeing in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves, he went to see if he could find any fruit on it. For in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the fig season had not yet come. So that tree was out of time. The fig tree should not have had the leaves on there. Well, don't you think Jesus knew? You can argue with him about that when you get there. <laughs> Another thing, that wasn't an apple tree in the garden. They didn't cover themselves with apple leaves. Can you imagine a fig leaf suit? <laughs> well, the Lord couldn't either. He's like, oh, God, oh, wait a minute, boy. Oh, man. That was the first example of a man trying to meet his own needs without God. Right there. And we've been doing it ever since. He answered it and said unto it, 
No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Count them, nine words. And his disciples heard it, and it was afar off. I mean, he said it. And they came to Jerusalem. He just, no man eat fruit of you again hereafter forever. That's a dead tree. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It could have lived there until now and never had another fig on it. That's right. right. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. It could have been hit by lightning. Yes, sir. It got hit by the word of God full of faith. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to Amen. In order to teach you and to teach me something very, very important. Yes, sir. Now watch it. They came to Jerusalem. Jesus went into the temple. Well, the man at the beautiful gate. Go, just go through and check it for yourself. There's no telling how much money Jesus put into his life. But then the day was coming when he's going to get a pair of legs out of it and became a disciple. They came to Jerusalem. Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves would not suffer any man that he should carry any vessel through the temple. Now, if you read that in the classic Amplified, I won't take time to do it right now, but they were cutting across through the temple, carrying things through there. That's a holy place. You don't, you don't carry trash bags through there yeah. because you need a shorter way to the alley. Right. Uh -oh. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to be just that same way about a church sanctuary. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. That, that's not a trash dump. That's right. Amen. I was in a church one time. Lovely man. We were, I was, he was leading on, and he'd bend over and pick up little things. And, and I heard it in my spirit. He's the janitor of the church. Come to find out he was. You know why? He didn't want to spend the money. Mm. As if God mm -hmm. couldn't afford it. Well, He's thinking way down here. Right. Right. Way down here. Amen. Get on up. Amen. Somebody in that church needed to be doing that. That's right. Amen. Somebody needed to be serving there. But he just hadn't come to the place where he realized that, and he's still picking stuff up as we walk down the hall together. Yes, sir. Right. It didn't occur to him that I even saw it. Right. Of course, I didn't say anything to him about it. Now, at this juncture, I can tell you what I started to tell you earlier. A man walked up to me with a big smile on his face, 
And he said, Copeland, I've never heard anybody rape the scriptures like you did tonight in my life. And turned around and walked off. Well, I wanted to spank him right there on the street. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, it flew all over me. Yeah. Well, then I had to repent, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. And every time it came back, I wanted to whip him again, and I didn't even know where he was. <laughs> the persecution had started. <clears throat> and then here came the books. Come on now. And this guy wrote an article in a religious magazine and said, my ministry should be destroyed. Well, I called a friend of mine and I, I said, do you know him? Oh, yeah. I said, I'd like to meet with him and, and talk to him. Um, could, could you set it up? He said, well, no, you know, I kind of feel the same way. You do now. <laughs> well, okay. So I was rather disappointed. Hurt. Walking around feeling sorry for my ugly self. And so I decided I'm just going to pray about this. Well, has it come to that? I began to pray and it didn't turn out like I thought it was going to. And after several days of this and praying in the spirit, the final word of the Lord came and he said, Kenneth, I, I can't um, expose your ministry any further. I said, Lord, why not? He said, you're too high tempered, son. He said, you hear those things that make you mad and hurt you. All that bad stuff. And he said, you didn't, didn't need to be hearing it in the first place. Right. And he said, now, but then on the other hand, there's, there's a bunch of good stuff that started. And he said, that's more dangerous than the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. sure. So from this day forward, don't read anything about yourself yeah. in print. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I fasted my newspaper five days while I was a student at Oral Roberts University and I haven't picked one up since. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I've been reading news before it happened. Yeah. That's right. We started our own news agency in mm -hmm. Victory News. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So you get some good news along with it. Yes, yes. That's right. At least somebody prays about it. So, and he said, tell your staff not to bring anything in That's print good. to you. That is good. That's good. So, I don't do social media. I do social preaching. That's good. <laughs> I have a whole lot more to do than to do that. Amen. Now, there's times that Kelly and some of the, I'll post things mm -hmm. 
in, in order to to congratulate someone or, or, or about a situation and pray and so forth. But I, I'm, other than that, I, I don't care to get involved with yeah. it. Yeah. That's good. Now, I'm not telling you not to do it. That's between you and the Lord. There's big ministry in that. Yeah. But you have to, you have to strap on your big boy britches because <laughs> there's some nasty people out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're looking for a way yes. to talk double ugly to you. <laughs> Amen. That's one of the biggest things I ever learned. And I liked what John Osteen said. He said, you guys have been through all kinds of crisis that I didn't know was on. Yeah. 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 I didn't know we were having this. I remember I was, we had that, that um, vacation home in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And, uh, you know, both of us got where we'd too old to ski anymore. So we finally sold it. But anyway, it was just a fun place. And the ski lift stopped back in the 80s. And I was sitting, I think about my partner letter all the time. And I was sitting there thinking about that. And I was, oh, yeah, Lord, yeah. And I was sitting up there, and that's that ski lift sitting there. And the Lord said, tell your partners, don't join into the recession. It doesn't belong to them. That's true. Amen. That's right. So... I got back to the house. That was the heading. The recession does not belong to you. Amen. It belongs to whomever will receive it. And take it and talk about it. Amen. So now we're down to the principle of faith. The scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine and his teachings. When evening was come, he went out of the city. Now, it's been 12 hours. Now, you know good and well they left. It doesn't say when night came. They got to walk back. It's not dark. They walked right past that fig tree again. And you and I both know Simon Peter Barjona. <laughs> Jesus, no? Yeah, that's good. He'd already said it. Uh huh. It doesn't matter to him. Faith has been released. What did he do? He spoke the end result. That's right. Yes, sir. He didn't design it. No. He didn't put any kind of stipulations on it. No, sir. He just killed it. That's yeah. right. That's yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. No man eat fruit of you again hereafter forever. That's right. Yes, sir. Turned around and walked off. Yes. Glory to God. It's been 12 hours. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Somewhere in that 24-hour period, the word of faith went right down into the roots of that tree. Yes. Yes. 
and killed it. I was sitting, just relaxing there in our home. I still had my pajamas on. I was just sitting there. The television was going, but I, I wasn't paying much attention to it. And I heard it came up on the inside of me. The same court, the, the Warren court, he was an Eisenhower appointee, but it was an extremely liberal court. Mm -hmm. You remember the magic bullet mm -hmm. that turned corners? Hmm. Bullets don't do that. But that one did because the Supreme Court said it did. Yeah. Same court. No more Bibles in school. No, no, good, no, 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 no more prayer in school. Get it out of here. I was sitting there and it rose up on the inside of me. And I had a picture in my mind of that fig tree. Somebody could have taken a stick and gone out there and beat all the leaves off that tree. It wouldn't have killed it. Yeah, yeah. But it was killed at the roots. Yes, right. Now Roe versus Wade had to be killed at the roots because the Supreme Court did it. The Supreme Court had to kill it. Same court. And I heard the word of the Lord. You call Gene Bailey. You call George Pearson's. And you talk about Madeline O'Hare, the atheist that began to sue about her young son. She tried to immigrate to Russia and they wouldn't have her. So she said, we'll just have to change America. And he said, you've been beating around on the trees on school violence and school shootings. The door's open. Shut it. Somebody has to shut it. That's right. So do you remember the piece that they did on it? And Gene Bailey sat with David Barton and proved it. Here were the Christian schools. Yeah. And their levels were all up during the same period of time. Yep. And the public schools went down like this. Then there was a, a, a little up jerk here. And that was when Reagan was president. Then it just dumped down further than that. Yeah. And then all kinds of devilish things begin to happen in schools. Yeah. Yeah. That devil never had been kicked out of there. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, it's not the, it's not a gun problem. It's a devil problem. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Hmm? So now we have prayer ground. And go before, because now the cover has been pulled off of the devil. And when you study her story, one thing, her son 
who she was so afraid was going to hear somebody pray is a born-again preacher. And so the staff called him and they wanted to know if he wanted to come on Flashpoint. He said, no. He said, I've already lived through all that once. He said, I'd, I'd just rather not. He wrote a book called My, My Time Without God. It drew him to God. She was an avowed communist. She wound up being kidnapped out in the desert, cut into little pieces. But she studied the Bible to find out how to re rebuke it. I'm believing she turned to it. I just know in my heart when she realized, hey, this is over. They dug a hole out here and put me in it trying to get money. All of those, you know, all those scriptures started coming up. And then there her, there's her son, a preacher. Yes. Glory to God. I think we'll see her. Amen. But right now, the door is beginning to be shut and closed to those killing devils. So what is the next open door? Transgender. Now, darling, the Bible is the absolute truth. Yes. Yes, sir. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. And we have video of certain people in a certain hospital that said, we need to go into transgender operations because it is a lot of money for this hospital. And you think, how could anybody do that? It's a reprobate mind. Yeah, that's right. It is. Yes, sir. It is. So what do you have to do? Forgive them. Quit being mad at them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. We can pray what the thief prayed and what Jesus prayed. The thief prayed, remember me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go with you. I don't want to. I remember me and when you in, in, in paradise. Yes, sir. And we can pray the same thing that Jesus prayed. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. That's right. Yes, that's right. They don't have a clue. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now we come into the meat. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God, the cross references. Well, of course, it's his faith. And we've, we've already read a second chapter of Ephesians. You were saved by faith through grace. It is the gift of God. Well, both the grace and the faith were gifts from God. And the fact that he is gracious, disposed to show favors. I was praying over a certain person one day and, and uh, I said, Lord, did, is there any way that person made it? And he came up on the inside of me and I could see him smiling. 
He said, Kenneth, I'm not trying to keep people out of here. He said, just the slightest, just a little bit of grace. Just, just give me just a tiny bit and I'll take you. I'll take you. He said, you have no idea how many of them did it in the last moments. And he said, there's no reward, but it sure beats hell. It's reward in itself. Hallelujah. Because nobody deserves it. <laughs> he said, I, he said, I, I, I want to get them in. Yes. There's so many times that I've prayed over certain ones. And he said, they're with me. Praise God. They're here with me. And those of you watching that you're not quite sure about your loved ones, listen, he's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. It's his mercy is the reason you're going. It's his mercy is the reason I'm going. He made it so easy. What about Saul of Tarsus? The shortest recorded salvation prayer that I know anything about. Lord, who are you? I am Jesus whom you persecute. He didn't say, Saul, Saul, stop persecuting my people. No, he said, you're persecuting me. He takes it very personally. So when people were saying ugly things about you, he takes that personally. He doesn't, he don't want to hear it anymore than I wanted to hear it. Amen. Amen. So I began to forget to forgive anyway. I learned to pre-forgive. Oh, that's been so much fun. More than once, many, many times. Start into a restaurant and just stop and say, Lord, I just forgive everybody in here. (laughs) I just forgive everybody in the place. And one of the most wonderful things that happens to glory in me, particularly when we're out on the road somewhere and we're in a restaurant, and uh, I'll ask for, for a check, and they say, no, it's already been paid. Yes. Well, who paid it? <laughs> well, they said to tell you that one of your partners. Oh, praise God. God. The bill was paid. Our bill has been paid. Our bill, our eternal bill has already been paid. So on the other hand, I want to be that person. I want to be that person. And there's one particular restaurant that that we go to there in Fort Worth more than any other. I don't go all that often, but Gloria likes to go there. And we have a ministry there. There was one young waitress and she had a bad divorce. Well, then she went back to the guy and he turned out to be worse. And then she's standing there talking about it with tears in her eyes. And she said, now 
I don't have a car, and I'm, I'm having to borrow a car to get to work. So Gloria looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said, what kind of car do you need? <laughs> So we put together a deal and worked around. Better car than she thought she was going to get. And the next time I was in there, large table, not a lot of people over here. And, oh, she was happy just working in there. Oh, and she said, she said, Kenneth and Gloria, I would like for you to meet my dad. And he was over here at this long table and he got up, he walked over there and he said, Copeland, I want to thank you for what you did for my daughter. He said, I'm one of your partners. Wow. Yeehaw. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. And the forgiveness. Yes. And, and of course, we, for years, we had the glory riders. Jesse and Kathy, Dennis and Vicki Burke, Happy and Jeannie Caldwell. And we all rode motorcycles together. And I mean, we, you know, we looked apart. We had on leathers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and we, we, we never took a break from faith. We just got together and just preach at one another just as hard and fast as we can. <laughs> Forgiving by faith. We came into a place in Colorado, well, it's Estes Park, Colorado. No, no, excuse me. It was a little ways from Estes Park. We left Estes Park and rode over there at lunch. Restaurants full of people. Just full. Well, there's a group of us, you know, and they had to put some tables together. And this waitress came over there and, what do you want to drink? <laughs> well, iced tea and, and you know, here we are, we shaps and leathers and, because it's cold outside. <laughs> all of us, obvious, all of us on motorcycles. And so she went around and got iced tea for everybody and came back. And I, I don't remember now, I think it's Carolyn Savelle said, could we have some water? Water. <laughs> so she got water and just slammed it down on the table. Well, this is where you get really mad, you know. <laughs> no, we just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, there's something... She's hurting. Yes. I mean, she's not just irritated. There's really something wrong yeah. with her. Right. So we all gathered up around there and we stood there and prayed her for a little bit. And she came back over there with, with, to, to take the orders. And so I just pulled out a chair. I said, now, baby, just sit down right here. Mm -hmm. I said, now, we're Christian people. And we know there's something wrong. And so we're going to pray for you. Oh! <laughs> you don't know what my sister did to me. She just left me with that wedding dress. She said, 
Oh, no, wait, oh, oh. <laughs> so all of us began to pray for her. And we didn't take up a tip, we took up an offering. Amen. Come on. <laughs> she came back there with that food. Oh. Oh. Let's see, let's see. Whose was this? She's all over the place. (laughs) Followed us out the door. Have a great trip. (laughs) Praise God. That's the way it works. We were in Branson, Missouri. (laughs) It was night. We went into a video store because in the hotels there in Branson, they have video players because, you know, they can buy videos and all those shows and things. Well, we were in that video store looking for something funny. (laughs) And this little guy about this tall came in and he said, are you the ones on TV? And he's standing there looking at me like (laughs) And of course, everybody gathered around. I said, yes, we are. Could you pray for my mother? I said, what's the matter with it? He said, said, she has cancer. So we started to pray. He said, no, no, she's out in the car because we saw you come in here. Would you come pray for her, please? That's what this life is all about. I don't care if you're on a motorcycle ride. I don't care if you're fishing in the Klondike. You walk in love by faith and love all the time. Looking for somebody to give to all the time, 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 all the time. In Ephesians 6, 8, any good thing any man does for any person the same shall he receive of the Lord. Amen. And all kinds of good things begin to happen. And it'll continue. And you walk in it. Now we're down to this part. What about the economy? Have faith in God. What about sickness? Have faith in God. What about children's school? Have faith in God. I started preaching that the first time I did it at a homegoing service one time. And I, but it, and I thought, well, everybody in here has faith in God. Because it was Frida Lindsay's homegoing. But that just came all over me and seemed like I, I, I couldn't get away from it. I just could not get away from it. It kept on and on and on and on. After the service, a young man walked over there to me. He said, Copeland, I've heard a lot about you, but that's the first time I ever heard you preach. And he said, you know, people talk about you, just that faith stuff all the time. But he said, I'm sure glad you did that today because I learned something. And he said, I needed it. My wife's sick. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. Amen. Faith came. And you don't know who's listening. You don't know. Southwest, not this year, but the year, let's see, year before, either one or two years ago, Saturday, healing school. And uh, Gloria and I walked down in among the people. And um, I noticed, I noticed this, this woman and a young woman behind her. She had on dark glasses and she was sitting there in a wheelchair. So I got down there in front of her and uh, And I said, may I, may I remove your dark glasses, please? She said, yes, you may. So I took them off and handed I found out later as her granddaughter. I handed it to her. I said, may I do what Jesus did? She said, by all means. So I and put my hands in her eyes. And I just stayed there until I got a release from the Lord. And I took my hands off. She opened her eyes. I said, what do you see? She said, I see you. Now I told that at Applebee's. (laughs) And this little waitress was sitting there next to me. Come to find out, she went to EMIC the next morning. She had double vision so bad that she really couldn't see. And then she told Pastor George that. He said, How old are you? She said, I'm 77 and I'm going to heaven. (laughs) And he said, Well, she said, I pastor a church. She said, I'll soon be 78 and I'm going straight. <laughs> he said, can you see? Oh yeah. She's just reading everything all over the building. Amen. But notice what the Lord had me ask her. May I do what Jesus did? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I've seen the dead raised twice. And then I failed twice. One of them, I don't know why. The other one, I do. In both those cases, were children. And I won't go into that reason, but it was because of a member of the family of one of them. And I don't, I don't know the other situation. Now, one of them was my great aunt. She's my grandmother's sister. 
we, we drove back from uh, Tulsa. Uh, we drove from, well, I was preaching at Grace Temple there in Tulsa, and we'd stay in there at mother and Mother's house. And Gloria and I drove in there and just barely got there. And I, I said, Mother, I'm hungry. Why don't you scramble me some eggs, please? So she did. And the phone rang. And she came around there. She said, Kenneth, Kenneth, Kenneth. They, they said, if, if we, Eileen's not going to live if we don't get down there at that hospital. She's, 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 she's on her deathbed. I said, Mama, Mama, come on. Just. All right. But I'm going to finish my egg. <laughs> Will you come on? I said, no, ma'am. I'm going to finish my eggs. And Leroy's calling me. I need to stop here. <laughs> Leroy Thompson gave me the first one of those I ever had, and everybody clapped. And I don't know what. <laughs> so she said it, she believed it, she did it, and she told it. The woman with the issue of blood calling things that be not as though they were. Don't ever let the devil see you sweat. Amen. I said, no, ma'am. I've been driving for hours. I'm going to go back in the bedroom and I'm going to put on a clean shirt. Kenneth, will you come on? I said, yes, I will. Now at this point, I don't know what to do. So I said, Mother, you drive and don't speed. Okay. On the way, I received my instructions. Now they had moved her into a room because the doctor hadn't come by yet to sign the death certificate. There's another family in there, too, waiting on the same thing. Her daughter was standing at the foot of the bed on the phone planning her funeral. I walked in there, Gloria and I, and my mother walked in there. Of course, my mother knew who Lois was. Gloria didn't. She'd never met her. We walked in there, and I said, Lois, put the phone down. She was when I said, Lois, put the phone down. She didn't know. I said, Lois, just shut up and put the phone down. <laughs> Well, Kenneth, I said, okay. And I said, now just move over here. So I moved around, around to the side of the bed. And I was looking down at her like this. And she was just lying there. She'd always been thin anyway. And my mother said, See that right there? It's been choking the life out of her. I had already received it in my spirit on the way down there to put my finger on that. And I, I said, Eileen, open your eyes. She said, Kenneth, what are you doing here? I said, I came down here to pray for you. And Lois is standing there like this. <laughs> Sweet girl. 
just a sweet girl, but she was frightened. This is her mother. Live two more years. By herself. Now, dear Southern Baptist Saint of God, love God. Then one day, mother's driving down the street, and the boy of the Lord came to her and said, Go check on Eileen. So she was sitting there in, in her living room, just sitting there looking out the window. And my mother said, Eileen, uh, I, I believe it's time for you to go. She said, Oh, I know it is. She said, He's been right there for the last little bit. Mother said, well, come on in here and let's go to bed. I'll tuck you in. So she went in there to her bedroom and mother tucked her all in and prayed for her. And she began to pray in tongues for the first time in her life. Leto I just began to pray in tongues and just left praying in the Spirit. Amen. Isn't that sweet? Yes. The other one was a young 18-year-old girl in Jamaica. And uh, that was an exciting time. But every day in this ministry is an exciting time. Yeah. Father, we thank you. Now, Jesus said these things. I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Nine words. Well, what's bigger, a tree or a mountain? It's all the same to faith. Therefore, I say, he put it into motion right then. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any that your father also, which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. That's not the first time Jesus said that. Our father, which art in heaven, say it with me. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There it is. Yes. It's the key element. It is the love element that makes faith work. Amen. Faith works by love, and it's the forgiving love element that makes it work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it. I said it. I have it. I was preaching in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas for a happy call. Well, and uh, Sunday morning, and we flew up there on a on Saturday, and and staying in the Holiday Inn there in Little Rock, 
four o'clock in the morning, I just woke up like that. And, and I was just right there. And there was Jesus right between the two bedposts, just a little up higher. And he had this big tray of cookies. <laughs> Have a cookie. <laughs> What? <laughs> have, have a cookie. And it's, it's, it's this heap bunch of cookies. Wow. He said, your response is, I believe. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I take it. I have it. Come on. I thank you for it. Yeah. And I forgive. And he's gone. And then I fell off to sleep and had a dream. And in the dream, I was in a party, and as a person came up there to me and had a big, big plate of cookies and said, Brother Copeland, have a cookie. I said, No, thank you, I have one. <laughs> You can't see a cookie. You can't feel my cookie. But I have one. <laughs> I have it. I already have it. Glory to God. I have it. It's mine. The six eyes of faith. I have it. It belongs to me. I have faith in God. I don't have the flu. what a word have is. I have it. Then when I began to analyze it, it covered the whole thing. I believe that's faith. I will. That's my soul. I have it. That's believing I receive. That's right. I thank you for it. That's thanksgiving and praise. That's right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise yes. God. Praise God. It's mine. It's mine. It is it's mine. mine. I believe I receive it. You got time for one more story? Years ago, we came in. My dad back there then, he, he opened the mail and everything. And we, so we walked in, we, I, we shared, the KCM shared a, his office. And my mother's sister was a secretary. My Aunt Mackie. Her name is Maxine. My middle name is Max. I was named after her. And she stayed with us in Abilene and went to Drones Business College. And mother would start to spank me or something. She'd grab me up and run out in the street and say, no, no, you're not going to spank him. I said, oh, I love this woman. <laughs> she was so good. When they came out with the electronic typewriters, she would take dictation on that typewriter as fast as my dad could talk. Wow. Mm. Well, I'd sit there and talk Bible with her. Just have wonderful times. And uh, she just was so good and 
and wonderful. Well, came in the office. My dad just handed me a, a red calculator piece that said, red, $5,000. He didn't even say anything. He just said it to me. Okay. So I said, Dad, I'm going in here in the office. Okay. So I turned the chair around backwards and got on my knees and put that right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I got Mark 11. Believe you receive. Yes. So then I went to the Amplified Bible. It's very interesting. It says, Believe that it is granted unto you, and you will have it. So then I went to John 16, 23. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Check it out in the Amplified. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will grant it to you. There's two witnesses that I have a heavenly grant. Amen. So we just wrote that down. Signed it. Gloria signed it. Now we've got three witnesses because we're in agreement. That $5,000 just come jumping in there. It just didn't seem like it turned around twice. We had it on paper. We believe we received it. Yeah. Then we had it, turned around and walked off and forgot it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it came. Yeah. So we've been doing it now for 56 years. Lord. You know, anybody can learn a little something in that length of time. Yeah. Oh, I don't know much yet. I'm like Brother Hagin, the more I find out, the more I realize how much I don't know and how hungry I am for the rest of it. Amen. Well, I've preached long enough. Did you get anything out of these couple of days? I pray that you did. And the times that we've we've slipped off over into... um, and it's all, it's all in the Word of God. The time is so short that, um, and you have to remember that first covenant that George Washington made with God from the 17th chapter of Genesis. And he got down on his knees. The day he was inaugurated and entered covenant. Those prayers are recorded in a little chapel in New York City. That wasn't a Washington, D.C. That little chapel is the one that survived 9-11. That's where covenant was made between this nation and God. And he said, will you accept us as your people? We enter covenant with you as Abraham of old. And you will be our God and we will be your people. Then the great Liberty Bell 
had a quotation from Exodus and liberty. Well, to God, I mean, that's 1788. To God, that is only a couple of days ago. Because a thousand years to Him is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. That's just a couple of days ago. And he still believes in this country. Somebody said, why do you wear so much blue? To me, there's only three colors. My cars are red. My suits are blue. And my shirts are white. (laughs) But in the early days of television, blue was the most friendly. And I wear other colors. I don't wear anything without praying about it before I go to a service or leave home or what to pack. Yeah. And there's times that I wear gray and black. And this time I'd go stand there in my closet and it just turned out like this. <laughs> How many partners in here? You like this suit? Yeah. Well, you should. You bought it. <laughs> Pastor Humphrey. I love you very, 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 very much. Hallelujah. Thank you for being what you are and who you are. To just draw from the well of the Spirit within me. There's nothing I enjoy more. And it was in a little prayer group way back. One of our partners said, would you come over to the house? And he had a nice home. He said, we have from some friends that we want them to hear about faith. Sure. So Gloria and I drove down there in his living room. And so there was, you know, this coffee table there, and I just put my, and there was a woman sitting in front of me, just about closest from here to pastor, and I had my Bible, and I just opened it up to Mark 11 and just began to talk about it. This woman is sitting there. She, she went into her purse and pulled out a package of cigarettes and didn't know it, <laughs> opened those cigarettes and went, <laughs> She was so caught up. Now, I noticed, didn't anybody do that in here in this? this <laughs> I don't care whether it's five people, 50 people, 6,000 people. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Now, there's only one thing that keep me from coming back next year. If Jesus returns between now and then. <laughs> I'll be here next year. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.